0: So very first, right off the bat, I, I really, I, I believe that when I say that, that there's just moments where there's no doubt in my mind that God has given us a direct word. And, and I really, I, I believe that more than ever uh, today, this whole week, this one verse, it, it keeps coming back to me. But First Peter 4, sorry, I didn't give you this one, Scott, you don't have this one, don't worry about it, man, don't be looking for it. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I, I really believe that truth of Scripture. He's given me the gift of speaking, and everything I do, I do on behalf of him. And I don't want to speak on my own. I only want to speak when he tells me to speak something. And I really believe, especially this week, that he's just given me a word for the church and I want to speak on behalf of him. I keep seeing it in my life. There's things that keep happening where I can't take credit for it. I'm not that smart. I'm not that intelligent. I'm not that I'm not that good. I'm not. Even last Sunday, Sunday was special last week. If you were here, you know it was crazy. Sunday almost didn't happen for me. Like that that week, Jet, my my youngest, he got sick and like, I mean, we were getting haircuts and he got sick like halfway through the haircuts and projectile vomited all over the floor. We're like, all right, we got to go. A couple days later, Saturday night, Maverick, my next child, he gets sick in the middle of night, three o'clock in the morning, he comes in and he's, I mean, vomiting the rest of the night. And I didn't sleep another wink after that because I knew I got to wake up in two hours anyway to come here to get ready to set up for church. And I just laid there and I also started to realize, oh no, I'm sick also. Like last Saturday, I, I was sick. Like I knew it. I had exactly what they had. I could feel it and I knew. Like when when I get that feeling and I know I'm, I'm going to throw up, I know there's nothing that can stop it. Like, I know it's coming and I'm dreading it because I just want to get it over. The, the buildup is the worst part for me when I know it's coming. I'm a baby. I hate throwing up, all right? And I knew, but I, I also knew I don't have a backup preacher for Sunday. So I just kept praying, God, I believe. I, you can heal me. I believe it. I believe it. Come on, God, Please. I kept saying it by faith, and I showed up, and I was still just, I mean, I was pale, and I was weak. I was barely any help was set up. Andrew will testify to that. You know, I just, I, I mean, I was just trying to survive the morning, and we got to this moment where we have, we have a team huddle. Anybody volunteering on a Sunday morning, we huddle up, and we pray, and we have a little just a, a devotional time, and so we got to this moment, and I, I just told these guys, I don't have a devotional I don't have anything in my head right now. The only thing that I've been thinking about all morning long is, God, please don't let me throw up. I just, I got to preach. I didn't even know what I was going to preach on. Like, some of you are like, what? I didn't know. Like, I, my brain, it was completely full of fog. I had nothing in there that morning. It was empty. I had one thought. Don't throw up. But our team, they, they prayed over me and, uh, You know, one of our elders, they prayed over me. Nate and Alenny, a couple of our our worship team members, they pulled me aside right before worship. They laid hands on me and they prayed by faith. And I'm telling you what, like that sermon did not come from me last week. That was Holy Spirit moving because 10 minutes before all those guys prayed for me, I was sweating and pale and I knew this is it. I'm gonna throw up. I didn't throw up. (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. I'm testifying to God's power. He still heals and he is still doing the miraculous because everyone else in my family, later on that week, Steph, she got it. She threw up. She's gonna be mad when she sees this video. Right now, she's home right now because our daughter, Harper, she got it. She threw up. It was only by God's hand and his grace that I didn't throw up and that I was able to deliver a message he wanted delivered last week. And I know it was from him because we've heard testimony after testimony from last week of people just finding freedom, like confessing, coming out of the darkness and into the light, repenting, true repentance, saying, I I don't want to live this way anymore. Like that is what is going on in the church. And I, I... I told Andrew and Alinia, this, our worship leaders, I told them this week, I was like, the flow and power of the Holy Spirit right now, I said, I just don't want to mess this up. Like, he is moving so powerfully in people's lives and families' lives, and there is change and freedom happening. I'm just trying to stay out of his way. That's all I want to do. I just want to be obedient to him, and so when I speak, I want to speak when he gives me a word, and I want to give you the word he's given, and he gave me a word this week. Like, there's just moments. Once again, Andrew and I, we talk, and we get on the phone, and this week, he called me up, and we're t- just talking about life, talking about church, and I-, I-, I told him, you know, you probably hear me say this a lot, but it's true. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, but God wakes me up a lot at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and he starts to just pour out scriptures into my mind. And he starts to help me make some of these connections that I'd never made before. Things I could never fully understand. I wish he was on a different time schedule sometimes. I would like, I'd like to get a full night's sleep sometimes. But also, I love these moments because it, it's special. There's no distractions. There's nobody around. It's just me and him. Everyone else is asleep in our house. And I'm just laying there and he's just, he's, He's literally, he, he gave me a word this week, and I, I told Andrew, I think he just gave me the next seven months of messages all in one night. Like, I couldn't write fast enough. I have these little notes on my phone that I just, I just take notes, take notes, and I just try to keep up with everything he's trying to tell me. But here's what he gave me this week, and I, I, man, it, it fits so good with our church, the church as a whole. If you want to open up with me, if you got your Bibles, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. If you don't have a Bible, we give away Bibles here. We give away journals because we believe you should journal. We believe it's a great way to interact with God to interact with his spirit, to write down what you're feeling, what you're going through, what you feel like he is speaking into your life. So we give away journals, we give away Bibles. Sometimes you'll see books out there. We give away books that we know have made an impact in our lives as leaders of this church and we wanna sow seed back into the church. And so that's why we just buy these books and then we just give them away because we know these books, whatever we're putting out there, outside of God's word, these books that we're putting out there, they're books that are based on God's word, and they help bring fresh understanding and revelation of his word, and it will change your life if you'll take the time to read them. So if you've ever read through the Bible and you're like, I'm having a hard time understanding this, I'm having a hard time applying it, maybe try one of these books that we're putting out there, and then start to read the scriptures in light of some of these teachings, and then go back To the word, and you'll get a fresh understanding, a fresh word from Him. We want to help teach people how to read the Bible, how to understand it, how to interact with it, because it is living and active, and it has a powerful message that is life changing and transforming for us today, and we need it. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven, which, once again, this is perfect for this week. This is, this is so perfect. This is Jesus' last week leading up to the resurrection. Leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection. And he is here and he is teaching. And here's what he's teaching on in Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. These weddings, there was a parade through the streets, and it would lead to the home of the groom where there would be a banquet. And it was the job of the bridesmaids to wait for the groom and his procession in this culture. And their lamps... This is nice. You can get anything on Amazon. Amazon's incredible. All right, Their lamps, oh, I'm spilling oil up here already. I'll clean that up later. Their lamps looked a lot like this. Little clay pots just kind of pinched up on the side. And this is almost the exact size of them. They were a clay bowl about three inches in diameter, pinched on one side so as to hold a wick. And they held about a tablespoon of oil. I put a little more than a tablespoon in. All right, it's, it's getting a little greasy up here. It was important to carry extra oil with you. And so what you would do, you had to have a flask, another little clay container, a clay vessel to carry extra oil with you. Because this, this one held about a tablespoon. When we read in scripture about oil, we're not really talking about oil. Go back with me, 1 Samuel. I don't have this on the screen, this is bonus material. 1 Samuel 16. This is the very first king of Israel being anointed by the prophet Samuel. Uh, 16 verse 12, and the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. Oh, this is David actually, I went too far here. Go back. That was supposed to be a surprise. I was gonna get to David after Saul. All right, pretend you didn't hear that, all right? There you go. Chapter 10 in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. This is Samuel anointing Saul. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. When you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zela on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you when he is asking, have you seen my son? And then, if you go down a little bit further there, verse 5, chapter 10, verse 5. When you arrive at Gibeah of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They'll be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre. They'll be prophesying. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord Will come powerfully upon you. When we see oil, we see the Spirit, we see the Holy Spirit, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. This oil was a sign, this anointing of His Holy Spirit, His presence on His life. Samuel signs. Are fulfilled. And Saul turned and started to leave. Verse 9. God gave him a new heart. That's what the anointing does, it gives us a new heart. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. When Saul and his servant arrived at Gibeah, they saw a group of prophets coming toward them. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Saul heard about it, they exclaimed, What? Is even Saul a prophet? How did the son of Kish become a prophet? Because of the anointing. Now we'll go on a little bit further. Stay here in 1 Samuel. Something happens in Saul's life. He is disobedient to the word of the Lord. And so because of that, he loses the anointing because there's no repentance, there's no confession, there's no admittance of what he did was wrong. When he sins in his life, all he does is try to cover it up, try to excuse it, try to just say, I was, I, I was doing what I thought was best at the time. And so the anointing moves from Saul to David in chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 12, And the Lord said, This is the one, the youngest son. This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil, he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. When we see oil, we connect that to the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing. This is for everyone. But back then... There was a select few that carried the anointing. It wasn't for everyone. But today it's for everyone. But you, church, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You have an anointing from the Holy One. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. So these these 10 women... These ten young women, these bridesmaids, five of them, five of them carried their lamp. They, they had some oil. They had a tablespoon of oil. They said, we're good. I, I, I can light it when he comes. It'll be dark out. I can light it. I'll be ready. I'll, I'll be able to walk where I need to go, and this light will lead the path that I'm on. I'll be good. Another five of them, they carried this flask with them just in case. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But I'm telling you right now, as somebody who likes to talk with their hands, this is a big deal. This is dangerous right here. All right? Like I, I want to be animated right now, and I want to be just moving, and I, I can't. Like I'm, I, I can't quite move exactly the way I want to move. I can't quite do exactly what I want to do right here. But man, if, I, if I'm just carrying the one, this is a little bit easier. In fact, I can grab a drink, I can grab some food on the way. I I don't know where, you know, I don't know how long this processional, this little uh, parade that the groom and these boys are doing, going throughout the whole town, I don't know how long it's going to be. I might need some snacks, I might need some drinks, I might need some wine. I don't know what I'm going to need, but I need my hand free. This is just what I, I kept thinking. What were these women thinking that didn't carry anything with them in their extra hand, that didn't take that flask with them? They just wanted some freedom right? They wanted a little bit of the oil. They wanted a little bit of the anointing, but they didn't want all of it. You know, come on you know right here, right now, there's some of us in here, we want a little bit of it. We like it on Sunday. We want just a little bit, but Monday through Saturday, I don't really want to be carrying it with me the whole time. In fact, I want to be able to set it all down. I want to be able to walk how I want to walk in this world and live how I want to live in this world, and I want to blend in. It looks a little weird when you're walking through this world carrying a lamp in one hand and a flask in another. People are looking at you, and they're like, you're strange. You're weird. You, you can't do all the things that you want to do that you feel like doing it changes things when you choose to carry enough oil it's a choice it was a choice to be ready or not it was a choice to be ready for the bridegroom when he came and five of them thought this is enough this is all I need and the church today there's so many churches today that are saying this is all you really need you just need a little bit In fact, just just come in, get in the waters, get wet one time, and then we don't really care if you never show up again. Like, we're just going to count that on our numbers, and it's going to look good. It's going to be our stat sheet when we go to heaven someday, and we stand at the pearly gates, and you're going to see how many baptisms we had. How many people carried their oil? How many people carried enough oil? How much oil are you carrying right now? Are you carrying the bare minimum or are you trying to carry as much as you can? Are you trying to have more and more of his presence? What do you want? What do you want? It it hit me this week because there's moments where if you will sit in silence with the Holy Spirit, if you will sit and listen to him, there are things he will say and speak into your life. And you might think, oh, no, that's just my own brain. No, I'm just coming up with that. No, no, no. There's things that he wants to speak to you. And the way you discern those things, there's times he might speak audibly. There's times he might speak through a dream or a vision. But there's a lot of times something's going to come inside of you and well up within you. And it's going to convict you. It's going to challenge you. It's going to be uncomfortable within you. And you're going to say, I don't want to do that. That would be hard. That would be difficult. That's a great test to discern if it's from the Holy Spirit or not. Because he's gonna challenge us and change us and renew our minds. He's gonna renew the way we thought, the old way of thinking. And he is transforming us from the inside out. So if you're starting to get thoughts or ideas that you might think, no, that sounds hard or difficult or weird or strange, I don't want to do that. I would challenge you right now to sit with that thought a little bit longer and ask the Holy Spirit, is this from you? And if it lines up with scripture, if it lines up with God's word, I would tell you, yes, it is. If he's telling you to do something that does not line up with God's word, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. That's a lying spirit. That's a deceiving spirit. That's a demonic spirit. Don't listen to those spirits. But if it lines up with God's word, if it lines up with the truth that he's given us here, I would tell you he is challenging you to carry more oil. That's what these challenges do. That's what these moments of conviction will do in your life. It will push you to carry more oil. This last week I, I know for me, I was sitting there and I have told you guys this before. One of the things I love in life, I, I love a good fiction book. Like I love like some action. Like maybe you've heard of Jack Reacher. I don't know, maybe not. Jack Reacher's awesome. Like, he's just this big 6'5 dude that just punches out people, and he's strong and, you know, manly. And it's like, you're like, that sounds cool. I wish I was that manly. All right? And, and so I, I like reading some of these books, but, you know, they're kind of violent. And they're kind of, you know, you know whatever. Um, I thought this week I could go back and, like, start to listen on Audible to one of these books in some of my uh, free time. And the Holy Spirit, he checked me. He checked me. Like, this isn't sin. This wasn't wrong. There's nothing in the Bible that says don't listen to audiobooks, But he checked me because he wants more for me. And he's got more for me. There's more oil to carry. And I was giving up carrying oil so I could carry and listen to some of the things in this world. There's, mo- there's moments he's going to check us on things that aren't even sin. But when you put good things ahead of God, they become sin. When you put things in this world ahead of God, they become an idol. That's when it becomes sin. Good things, fine things, they can become sin when you put them ahead of him. What are you choosing to hold on to instead of carrying that extra oil? Learn to carry his presence, as much of it as you can, every day, and everywhere you go, as soon as you run out, don't hesitate, go back to him, go back to the source, go back to where the oil flows, the strongest, that's why we gather here, on Sunday mornings, that's why we gather, week after week, after week, where two or more are gathered, he's here with us, we are temples of his Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, when we gather there's a wealth of oil present. Some of you, you might be new to the church. You might be new to uh, to, to God, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, to all of this. But there's something in you that keeps drawing you back. And I'm telling you, it's the oil. It's his presence. You don't know what it is. You can't name it exactly. You can't even put your finger on it. But there's something in you right now that he is speaking and saying. And he's saying, you need more of me. You've tried everything else in this world. You've tried carrying everything the world has to offer. I'm better. I'm more. And so if you've had a hard time figuring out, why do I keep coming back to this crazy church? Well, why do I keep coming back and hanging out with these weird people? I'm telling you, it's because you've experienced the oil. You've experienced his presence and his spirit, and you want more of it. That's why you're here today. You want to know him, and you want to hear his voice, and he wants to speak to you. But his voice is hard to hear when we keep holding on to every distraction in this world, and that's why I keep telling you, we've got to let it go. Don't let it control you, don't let it own you, don't let it drown out his voice in your life. The more you lay down of this world, the more you let go, the louder and more clear his voice will become. How willing are you to let go of what the world says is important? How willing are you to lay everything else down so you can carry more of his presence? That's our challenge today. What are you willing to lay down? What's he telling you right now? Right? If you're writing, if you're journaling right now, the Holy Spirit's gonna tell you something right now. He's saying right now, you need to lay this down. It, it might be a sin, it might not be, it might be a good thing, it might be food, it might be sex, it might be that boyfriend, that girlfriend, it might be Netflix, it might be Audible, all right? He told me, lay Audible down this week. Quit listening to these books and listen to my voice. And I'm so glad I did, because as soon the this is Once again, this is my testimony. As soon as he told me that about that book I was listening to, I deleted it off my Audible app, and I'm telling you, that next night, that was the night when he hit me at four in the morning and said, here you go. He gave that to me. He gave me. I got to hear his voice. I got to listen to him speak. I got to open up his word and see it with fresh eyes. But we have to be willing to lay down everything else that we keep trying to carry. Lay it down. Don't leave this room today without laying it down. Some of you, you actually have it right here, right now. There's something that you carry with you to try to cope in this world, to try to just forget what you're feeling, forget what you're dealing with, and it's not his spirit. It's from the things of this world. And you think, if I, if I just do this, if I just take this pill, if I just take another hit, if I just have this I don't have to feel or experience what I'm going through. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, His presence, He's the healer. Whatever you're going through, He will heal what you're working through more than anything in this world can ever offer you. But you got to lay that down. He's here with us in this moment. There's an outpouring coming. You might have been carrying your lamp, but he wants you to pick up the vessel. He wants you to carry more of his presence. He doesn't want you on the other side of that door when he comes back. You think he wants to say no to those five that weren't ready? You think he was happy about that? Do you think he was joyful about that? No, he wanted them in the party. He wanted them in the banquet. He didn't want to tell them no, but they made that choice. That wasn't on him. God doesn't send people to hell. He doesn't lock people out. It's our choices. It's our unwillingness. It's our stubbornness. It's our pride and our lusts. And we choose the things of this world. We choose to live on the outside of the door. We choose not to carry his presence. You're either being filled by the spirit or you're being filled by the things of this world. Get to the house where the cup runs over with oil. Nobody else can prepare you for the bridegroom coming. You're not saved. This is what, this also stood out to me. When we're reading this, there's five that had extra oil and there's five that didn't. When they heard the bridegroom was coming, they asked the five that were ready. They asked the five, you got extra oil, can you give us some? This isn't that big, is it? It's really not. And it doesn't work like that. You're not saved by your mom's oil. You're not saved by your dad's oil. You're not saved by your husband's oil. You're not saved by your wife's oil, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. No, 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 no. you got to have and carry your own oil. It's a choice. They can't make that choice for you. You weren't born into this. You're not saved by being born into the family. You're saved by being born again and being renewed by his Holy Spirit. That's how we're saved. When we repent and we are baptized and we are filled with his Holy Spirit, that is how we're saved. It's our choice. You're not born into it. There's so many of us in America today who will tell you, man, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Well, my mom goes to church. She took me to church a long time ago. Okay, okay. But are you walking with him? Are you carrying his presence? Are you choosing him? You need to get your own oil. There's some of us in here, we keep looking around at everyone else. This is somebody else. This isn't me. That's, that's a word for somebody. So, somebody in here right now, you're looking around at other people, you're like, they need it, they need it, they need it. I, I got plenty. I'm not holding on to anything. God's talking to you right now. There's something you are holding on to more than you're holding on to him. There's another thing. When you do this, it's going to look weird. I told you that. It's going to look strange to the world. It, it looks weird to walk around like this, right? Like, it looks, you know, you look kind of like a waiter, you know, you're holding your arms straight out, like a, almost like you're a servant to a king. It looks weird to carry oil in this world. People are going to look at you, they're going to laugh at you, they're going to ridicule you. When you begin to live and listen to his voice, it should look different. It should look weird. But There's also something appealing about having your own oil, especially when the king comes back. They thought you were weird carrying that little flask, but when the king comes back, all of a sudden, who do they come begging to for oil? Don't get caught. Don't get caught not carrying your oil. Don't get caught not carrying the presents. I remember, I don't know when this happened exactly. Sometime while I, I, I was, you know, in my twenties. I remember reading all these articles about how good it is for you to drink water. I know you're like, wow, brain buster. Never knew that before, you know, that's obvious. And so I got my own water bottle. I started carrying my water bottle around. I started taking it with me everywhere. It takes up space in my hand. Uh, Depending on what kind of water bottle you have, it doesn't really fit in your cup holder. It's not really convenient. It's like the the world at that time, they hadn't really designed cup holders big enough for some of the water bottles they were making. It's still like that today. It's stupid, all right? And now you got to buy a whole little adapter for your car to put a big water bottle in. I started doing this. I started carrying my water bottle around. And you know what? People thought I was weird. People thought, man, that looks strange. That looks weird, you know. And I, I, I got my water bottle here today. And, I, you know, it, it looks, you know, I don't look cool walking along, like, carrying my, I look like a little kid going to school. Do I look cool? No. I don't look cool. All right? I remember that. And I, I remember people around me in my life kind of making fun of me. And just being like, wow, you got your own water bottle? There's a water fountain right over there. You can walk right down the hall and get your water fountain. I'll tell you what that water's not as good as the water I carry in here. This thing keeps it cold. I got ice all day. It's refreshing. And I didn't have to walk down the hall to that, I'm going to say it, you know, I'm going to cuss in church, that crappy little, I know I said it, I'm sorry, those white ceramic water fountains. That when you twist the handle, it comes out and the water is the most disgusting temperature you've ever tasted. Some of you, you know this right now. You're like, yes, I hate that. Amen. That's why I started carrying my own water. I wanted the good stuff, I wanted the real stuff. I didn't want what the world had to offer. And I didn't care what people started to say because I wanted to get healthy. I wanted to get whole. I didn't want to be thirsty constantly throughout my life. And some of you, you already know where we're going. He's got water that doesn't run out. He's got water that doesn't stop flowing, and it is refreshing, and it will keep going until you cut it off. It's your choice. It's your choice whether or not you want to drink from his well or the world's well. What are you willing to carry, and what are you willing to lay down? Man. I want the good stuff. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. I don't want to be thirsty anymore. Where does the water, where does the oil, where does it flow the strongest? It flows in the house. When God's people gather, we're in the house. We're in His house. It doesn't matter where revival goes. When we gather together, we're in His house, His presence. You got to get planted in the house. You got to get planted so you can grow deep roots where the living water is flowing and the oil is running over. Worship team, you guys can come on up as we get ready to close out today. There was so much of my life as a believer that I just kept trying to carry as little water as possible because there were so many other things I wanted to carry in this hand. There were so many other things in the world I wanted to hold on to and just Piece by piece, he's been forcing me. He's been teaching me. He can't force me. It's my choice. He's been teaching me. He's gentle. But sometimes it feels like force. Sometimes it feels hard. It feels difficult to give up the things of this world. It feels like we're losing a piece of us. Because we've believed the lie that some of these things that we're holding on to, this is what gives us value. This is what gives us our identity. This is what makes us important. This is what gives us love from others. And so we keep holding on to these things. Because we don't trust that his presence is better than what the world has to offer. Little by little, he wants to teach us to lay these things down, to set them down, and to pick up that extra oil. We keep going out into this world with as little oil as we can carry. As as much as it's convenient so we don't look weird, we don't look strange to the world, we want to blend into the world. He never called his bride to blend in. No, no, no. His bride, the church, is called to stand out. People are going to look at the church as we begin to learn to pick up our oil and to carry it through this world. People are going to learn to love what the church is and who it's called to be. And they're going to see it as different, unique, and distinct from the world because we choose not to blend in anymore. And we choose to carry more oil. We choose to carry his presence because we're laying everything in this world down. Because someday the groom is coming back. And when he gets back to the house... The doors are going to be shut and you can knock as long and as loud as you want, but there's no second chances to get into the house. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Drop everything else in this world that you keep holding on to because you're not holding on to it. It's holding on to you. It's a handcuff in this world to believe this world is all that matters, but the truth as you're holding on to kindling for the fire, nothing here lasts. You don't get to take any of it with you at the end. All you have is him or nothing. Church, would you stand up? We've got a chance today to lay it all down. To repent and return to him. To believe he is who his word says he is. Don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In the end, this is what it all comes down to. Do we fear God or do we fear man? Whose opinion are we willing to live for? Whose voice will we listen to? Repent and be baptized and be filled with his Holy Spirit. That's that first step. If you've never made that first step for that initial filling of his Holy Spirit, his presence, I would invite you to do that. We'll set up our baptistry next Sunday out here uh, for Easter Sunday. And if you have never made that first choice to say you're Lord and you are king of my life and I submit myself to you, You can do that next Sunday. You can reach out to us. You can email us. You can find me after church. You can find somebody in our prayer team after church. We will pray with you. We'll walk you through that, and we'll help you take that first step. But I'm telling you, that's not the last step. If you want more of his presence, if you seek him, you will find him. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Make that choice today. If you want more of his presence, if you want to lay it all down and pick up that extra oil today, come find me. I'm going to be right over here. Our prayer team, they're going to be right over here, right over here. If you want prayer. If you want prayer for healing, if you want prayer for a fresh filling of his Holy Spirit, his presence, if you just need somebody to confess and repent to because you want to lay that thing down that you've been holding on to for so long, and he said, no, 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 this is killing you and it's keeping you from the kingdom, you can lay it down today. There's no judgment here. There's freedom. There's freedom in his house. Pick it up and carry it today. Carry his presence. God, we thank you right now in this moment for everything you have for us. God, we just invite you in. We invite you here into our hearts. Fill our hearts in this moment. Holy Spirit, come and move like a fresh wave like a fresh river flowing through us. God, may we hear you and listen to you, and may we be obedient to you. God, whatever it is we've been holding on to, I pray that we would lay it down today and that we would walk in the full anointing of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.